The following audio is from the King's Chapel. You can find out more about our church at thekingschapel.org. A lot of those children, in fact, I think all of them are extremely beautiful. Most of them are my grandchildren. I believe they take after their mother, not me. That should be very clear to you. Yes, I'm a geek. I'm a goofball. I got that. I was a lost man. I needed Jesus so desperately, so desperately. You know, this morning we're going to talk a little bit about giving. Everything's going to be about giving, not so much about money. That, that uh, let me just put it to you this way. I was a 19-year-old when I came to the Lord Jesus, and I would have given him everything I had uh, because of the surpassing joy of knowing him after knowing the darkness of my own heart for so long and for living in that darkened place. To see his light and his love was a revelation to me. I've never forgotten it. It changed me forever. And I'm so grateful to him. And I can just tell you, by the grace of God, giving has never been a problem for me, period. I sat in a pew. I, 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 I want to give more right now. I want to I give my life every day in some way and measure. And so what we're going to say to you this, at this time of year, once a year, I do kind of an official giving thing. Here's about all I'm going to say on the subject as it regards to this church. Thank you. Thank you for years of faithful giving. You guys probably know that I don't know what anyone gives. I'm studiously avoiding it. A church growth expert came in, told me I was nuts or whatever. I frankly didn't care. I don't want to know. I don't really care. As long as he's backing us up, we're going to be okay, more than okay. We are going to be effective tools in the hand of the master. And I know you guys, you are, to me, you're special. To me, <clears throat> you're everything. And... Uh, that's all I can say. I just believe in you. I believe what you give. These guys are crazy. Afghanistan, this, that, the other thing. We have people this morning whose, lo- whose, whose jobs are at risk right now because of their own Christian convictions. Regardless of what you think about this present climate or where you side on vaccinations or, or non-vaccinations, just be praying for the people in this church. It is a very strange time for America, a very strange time. But at the end of the day, there is a God in heaven and a Christ who came, lived, and died and dwells in us through his Holy Spirit and wants to speak to us and encourage us even in the dark moments of our life. Having said all of that, I want to read some very famous passages this morning. I want also to, before I do that, remind everyone to please vote we live in, a, in a, 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 a wonderful republic, an amazing place, and we have the right to make decisions regarding leadership in our nation. And as I've told you, I vote for truth, justice, and what I thought was the American way. Just look up Superman. If he's running <laughs> the old Superman, that's who I'd be voting for. Yeah, uh, you hear me. You guys listen to too much news like I do. Yeah, I know. So having said that, please vote. Please vote. I trust your judgment. No matter how you come down on it, I know that the people in this church will come from a place of spiritual conviction in the Lord Jesus Christ. Whichever way they come down, and there are different ways to come down. I can see different mental structures coming at this thing. But use this thing that was given you by the blood of patriots to change this world for the better. For the better. Vote.
But I say to you, Jesus said, and here he's going to start into an upside down world. We're not continuing at the moment with Acts. That's probably going to restart itself next week. This morning it's about giving, and it's not uh, about giving money so much. It's about giving everything we live to give, everything at the end of the day. Here's the, the, the words of the Lord Jesus, and he's going to present to us what is an upside-down world. It's a world where hatred is replaced with love. It is a place where greed is replaced with generosity. He says some of the strangest things to this particular culture imaginable. It, he drops bombshells and throws theological hand grenades into the midst of a people who are in darkness and waiting for a moment when light is to shine. And here he is preaching in something called uh, the, the um, uh, Sermon on the Plain. It's uh, very similar to the Sermon on the Mount. This one is in Luke. And he is going to say things that are radical like this. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. What? Yeah. Doesn't that sound wrong? Doesn't that go against every emotional component in your body? Somebody hates me, I'm going to get back in their face. And Jesus says, no, that is not the way my kingdom works. It may seem upside down to you, but this is what changes the world. Those compelled by the force of goodness and light and glory, you make a difference. Live or die, sink or swim, you make a difference with your life. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Do you remember someone saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do? Is he the kind of false leader that doesn't practice what he preaches? No, he was definitely on course where he gave everything on the cross, and while there, blesses those who cursed him and despitefully used him. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who, uh, who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not, do goods, do not demand them back. What? This is preposterous. This is absolutely counterculture to every human instinct I have. And yet he came into the world to save sinners. He came into the world to be a, a light. He says, we are the salt of the earth. You know, let me just stop there for a moment. This weekend we heard from, uh, I think, an army major. He was talking about, bragging about, June Lee, uh, how he had run in an Iron Man. You know, and that's pretty good until he got to about 18 miles to go and he fell over on his face. His body had given out on him. And he knew because of study, etc. and people knew there were these kind of good Samaritans that walked up to this <laughs> prostrate body and gave him just a little salt because he could even see his legs were kind of weirdly caving in the muscles in his legs. But when they gave him just a little salt, all of a sudden he could move again. And several times during the course, a little salt gave him life. It preserved him. It made him stronger. It made him able to go through life's journey in power and goodness. You, the Bible says, are that thing that enables all of this to work. 
because you are to be holy unto me, for I the Lord am holy. That means sanctified. That means set apart for my work. You are a kingdom of priests, the Bible says, a holy nation. And as you wish others would do to you, do so to them. And if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do good to those who do good to you. And, and even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? He's talking about another world. He's philosophically on another planet from the culture. He says even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But, here's kingdom talk now. Love your enemies. Do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great for your... Wait, wait, wait. Let me read that to you again. And lend, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be called sons of the Most High for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. You know, Christianity is reward-based in a sense, not entirely. I don't mean base as the whole basis. But there are rewards, heavenly rewards and earthly for those who follow the path of the Lord Jesus. Well, Billy was crucified. Yes, he was. And right now he's seated in glory at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. He's won the battle. He is the crowned one. And that's what he has for us, not only in this world, but in the world to come. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. God is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give. Wait, it, it doesn't really say money here, does it? No, no, I don't think it does. It says, given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Given it will be given you good measure, pressed down. That means it's, it's densely compacted, shaken together. You shake things to get them all ready to create room for more. And you'll remember these guys were in robes and they had uh, bands around their uh, central area. And you could just pull it up and fill this thing in with, with the proceeds of the exchange with the Lord for behavior that is incredibly generous. It's a picture. Here's the point of the sermon. I only have like one and a half points this morning. The point is this, and this is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and we'll talk about that in a momentarily. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. The second point is this. There is, there is a reciprocity is the first point. You give and you receive. You give. A, how many of you have given, don't raise your hands, to somebody that's really, I'll, I'll, I'll tell my, just one story. I have numerous today, the three, I think. But there was a, a, an individual that was in a desperate position this week. Um, 
I uh, prayed about it. I'm going to name the numbers. Maybe I lose my reward in heaven. I don't think so. I think rather he has chosen this moment for this particular illustration. I go, this individual is going to lose their home. Uh, their children are going to be out on the street or in some kind of shelter. And I have the ability with, uh, they want need $240 to finish the rent. Uh, these uh, incidents come to our all the time, people here, your giving has enabled us to do a lot of good that we're not going to boast about, but lives have been saved by your generosity. Let me just say that, and that's a fact. $240, I go, I can go to the church, I can do this myself, and I got along with the Lord, and I said, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm speaking on this this week, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, blah, 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 blah. and would you just, in, in this particular instance, I'm just having this talk. Would you kind of uh, back up your word with an activity that they can see? So I gave the 240, filled with joy. Thank God. Could have given 2,400, 24 million. I don't care. If I had it, I'd give it. The next day, the next morning, I get up, and it takes faith to be an idiot to do this. First thing, Bank of America, look at my account. There was not $240, but there was $169 that had been deposited by the Social Security Administration. I don't know what it's for. I looked back for months, if not a full year, to see anything like that come to me secretly, surreptitiously at a moment when I'm praying for return so I could tell you guys that God's word is true, given it shall be given unto you, etc. And then like two days later, I'm given another $100, and then two days later, I'm given another $100. Having said this, I'm going to give it all away, just, just so you'll know. And there's the reward I lose. If I've stated it here, it's gone. I want to tell you this. You're going to hear this. This is point two. Never give if you're feeling pressured. Almost anywhere to anyone. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the bottom line is, my dad, not surprisingly, after 68 years of being in this world, met me and met you with an illustration that he hears us and he still has the cattle on a thousand hills and he is still fully capable of taking care of you even in this benighted hour. The second point is each one must give as he has decided in his heart. This is from 2 Corinthians. Let me remind you, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, there is a um, situation where Jerusalem is in a terrible condition. There's conflict everywhere because Jewish people are hating the Messiah. They're trying to be faithful to their God, maybe, maybe not. It's a complex issue, and we've talked about it. I don't want to do that again. Here's where I'm going. The Christians who have come in are being persecuted. They're losing their jobs. This is today's teaching. I'm having people come to me this day talking about losing their jobs. Jesus is even in control of this, and he will use all of this for his glory. So at any rate, what I was going to read to you as point two is happening 
in Jerusalem, money is being collected, you'll remember, in Greek areas, in rich areas, Gentile areas that are now coming to Christ and excited about the love of God and believe in the possibility of his provision. And so they start throwing money into things to be taken to Jerusalem to help the people who are possibly starving or losing everything in the cause of Christ. And this will create a situation where the Jerusalem people's faith will rise. And also those who see the blessing of God, let me read it to you. But let me state this first. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. You could do a four-point sermon on that with ease. The negative giver, the grunge, the one who throws it down at your feet. Here, take this. This thing is talking about giving with almost hilarity, with the joy and possibility of that. And if you feel in this room or anywhere else that people are compelling you to give and giving you, you know, all this stuff, (laughs) health, wealth, and prosperity will come if you just line my pockets. Utter nonsense, ridiculous. The God of heaven knows our hearts. We give to live. We give because it's our nature, not because some guy like me is up there pressuring you and telling you it's a desperate situation. Gosh, how many of you are getting political stuff? Don't raise your hand. Did you know the whole universe is coming apart, and if you don't give $6 to me today, I might go out and do something to myself? Any of you get those? I get lots of them. That undermines my faith in them. It makes me not want to give. But if they just said, pray for me, then they might hear from me a little more early. He has decided his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion. Paul knew what people would do, crooked people. He said, God loves a cheerful giver. God loves to give. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to the end that all who believe in him should not perish, but might have everlasting life. Second Corinthians chapter nine. Now it's superfluous for me. It's unnecessary for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints, for I know your readiness. He says, you're great people, of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia. Everybody who comes in the room, I tell you, you're the, tell them you're the greatest people in the world. As far as I'm concerned, you are. I am so proud of you and so grateful for all of you, and you know this. And saying that Achaia has been ready, Macedonia, they're ready to give. That's the way they are. And your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter, so that you may be ready, as I said you would be otherwise if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready. We would be humiliated to say he's doing in-house stuff. He's just saying, could you do the administrative part to get the money to your dear brothers who are in Jerusalem, who are suffering? Verse 5, so I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised so that we may be ready when we give. This is the point of this, as a willing gift, not an exaction. Never listen to a preacher that's trying to exact money from you, crowbar it out of you. Something's desperately wrong here. And if you're hearing that this morning, don't give a dime. End of story. If you hear that about our church in some way, don't give here. But give somewhere if you're a Christian. If you're a believer, give somewhere. There are wonderful ministries everywhere. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly, this is the word of God, will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Spread sunshine. Dick Van Dyke sang sang this, and I think in a, a musical comedy many years ago, Bye Bye Bird, spread sunshine all over the place and put on a happy face. 
the glow of God in you as you give forth out of your abundance to change your world will follow you and sunshine will be spread. Those people that were in Jerusalem, unless they listened to the words of the Lord Jesus when he said, get out of the city when you see the Romans coming in, we're going to be destroyed, and you'll remember, 900,000 of them were going to die. This is a love gift just decades before Jerusalem's coming apart at the scenes in an unbelievable, perhaps never quite repeated in the same way, method and nightmare. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. He's a giver, so that having all sufficiency, everything you need, in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. He's going to help you in your time of need and stress. As it is written, he has distributed freely. This is what it was said of God in the Old Testament. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. This is what God is like. He, he who supplies uh, bread to the sow, seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which is through, through, which through us will provide thanksgiving to God in Jerusalem he's talking about. But he is talking about the principle of giving. There's a lot to say here, but let me conclude with a couple stories about giving. I told the one, I'll just tell one more. There was a, a, a little girl, I, we I, just, uh, I, I spent time reading her book this week. You know, uh, someone gave me uh, the book, told me, gave me knowledge of it. It was written about someone in my former church, Christian Assembly, which no longer exists in that form. It was a wonderful church, dedicated believers, very serious about the Lord. And this, this young woman comes in the church, and she, she's there, uh, but she has a backstory. And he, she put it in a book recently. The book is called All the Broken Pieces. I'm not selling the book, guys. In a sense, it's horrible. All the broken pieces. It is the story of a shattered life repaired by God's love. That's the second part of uh, the story. Um, there are beautiful pieces of porcelain made in China, and they're very expensive and wondrous, and they're meant for glory and goodness. But when they break, there's nothing you can do with them unless you uh, use a procedure that the Chinese uh, call for called kinsuji, and that is in order to rejoin the vase or the vessel, they pour gold in its cracks. In other words, a sacrifice, a valuable sacrifice is made for the healing of that vase. This girl went through every, I cannot imagine a more damaged individual. She could have been in a Nazi concentration camp and had a much better ride. What happened to her as a child was horrible, and I'm just going to say that, and I know there are children in the room, or, or if there are, forgive me. But she had the guts in her latter life to write a story. And what she says at the end of it all, all that she went through, and it's a nightmarish book, and she tells you to skip chapters and all that. I, I, I would, it, it was, I read it all. At the end of the day, she goes to a room like this and to people like you, and hears that Jesus loves her. And she wondered where God was when she was going through all of the abuse she endured for years and years and years. 
And you know, when, when God out at the door in some sense, free will, okay, get mad at me, this, I do believe in that, I believe both are true, God has chosen, and, 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 and uh, uh, we have choices to make, and both of them are real and valid. There you go. Jesus weeps when he sees this stuff. It is absolutely counter to anything imaginable in his holy heart. So what he does is this girl goes to a meeting and a guy tells her about Jesus Christ. They pray with her, and a couple named Kitty and Carlton Rayford offer her a place at their farm. They take in these bruised and battered kids, and the end of the story is after 20, 25 years of growth, she has gold poured all through the torn places in her person. Why? Because those two people and others gave not money. They gave their very lives for her healing. That is a Christ-like gesture. And if I can leave the ambiance, the flavor, the smell of that, the aroma of that situation here in this room, God has a purpose for our life and a place to give, forget the church, a place to give in our life like Kitty and Carlton Rayford an open home, a place of safety and shelter, a place to hear about the Lord and that you're loved and safe. And that is a gift beyond measure. It is a finer thing than gold. And that is what my dear friend Rita Newell got. Let's bow our heads just for a minute and just, just listen. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to those who are Yes, being persecuted now, even in our country, of all kinds of people. Lord, help us, we pray. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, help us. But we do believe that even this can work out for good and can tune our character. Oh, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, help us to have open hands to those who perhaps will experience some loss and will have some needs. Help us to be sensitive, to be a giving people. Help us to reflect your very life in what we do. And for those who are being broken by the grotesque immorality of our culture and of our world, oh Lord, put them back on their feet. Tell them of the love of Jesus, his endless tender care, and resuscitate them after the devil has attempted to take all life and breath out of them. Fill them in the broken places with gold and make them useful vessels for your service. And if there's someone here this morning that's like that or knows someone like that, bless them, Lord. Bless them. Let them know that they are very loved. And Lord, thank you for this people and this hour. You've raised us up for such a time for this. You've made us for this time. Let your glory come upon your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.